So if you could go back in time, right? And you can work on any of the classic, maybe the first 20 years of Disney movies. Is there one or two that stick out that you would absolutely love to work on if you could? Yeah, Pinocchio. Pinocchio? That water me, is it, so beautiful. No, for me, it's like um, um, perfection. Yes. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, sometimes I, I watch the movie and I see the drawings on the, in books. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Disney, I remember, when, I don't know today, but when I was there at the time, they had the uh, animation research library. Mm -hmm. You could go there and uh, see original drawings from the time. You could ask for, can I see a, a scene of uh, Pinocchio, original? They would pull a, scene, a whole box with all the drawings. And I, I remember what, uh, looking at these drawings from Pinocchio and and I was like, huh, no, it's a lot of work here. It's not. It doesn't. It's not something you can do, do in a week or yeah. two weeks. It, it, it takes time to do all these effects of water and, and every every. If you watch, if if you flip the animations on paper, if you flip, and you see all the water moving perfectly, but every little, you you would color every little part of it. It's mm -hmm. like, for me, it's all um, it's art. It's totally art. It's not something they just did for. Uh, for the movie it was an artistic piece you know yes it's something that we don't see much anymore and so for me it's perfection and uh, and always when i watch the movie it's always how can he how, how they could do that at that time you know? yeah you know only a few years from if you think about what only a few years from uh steamboat really you know yes the the, the, the very stiff animation that they did only a few years to get to Pinocchio. It's so fast. You know? So for me, Pinocchio, yeah, I would say Pinocchio. Hey guys, it's your host, Julian. This week, I sit down with Disney animator, Sandro Cluzo. We chat about him breaking into Disney animation, working on the cult classic and one of the most underrated movies Disney ever put out, The Emperor's New Groove. Not to mention, we chat about my favorite modern day princess, Tiana, from The Princess and the Frog, love that movie and we talk a little bit about him working on scoob sandro's enthusiasm is so infectious during this conversation and i couldn't help but smile throughout this amazing chat we had i hope you guys enjoyed as much as i did ladies and gentlemen welcome to what's my head podcast i'm your host julian and today i'm joined by mr sandro cluzo sandro how are you sir i'm very good thank you thanks for having me Oh, no problem, man. If I can do anything, it's reaching out to the people that made my childhood so much fun. And now my kids shout and a lot of people that listen, you guys made uh, a lot of happy memories, especially with the little, little movie called The Emperor's New Groove, man. Oh, one yeah. of the most, un in my opinion, one of the most underrated gems of the Disney film. Uh, I would love to know, man, how did you get on to this movie? We'll start from there. But how'd you get on to The Emperor's New Groove? Yes, uh in fact, it's my favorite movie ever that I worked on. Mm. Just because of, uh, I was so free to do whatever I wanted with the characters I had. Mm -hmm. The director, Mark, Mark Dindel, he was the director. He just you know, gave me these characters, like all these four or five characters. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, just go with, do whatever you want. You know, like this, these are your characters. Yeah. So uh, I was so happy with that. So I was the lead animator on those characters so i didn't have to show the supervising animator so 
they were my characters. I could do whatever I wanted. So I was yeah. so happy. But just to go back a little bit, um, when I started at Disney, I started on the uh, Fantasia 2000, uh, on the last segment. If you, I don't know if you remember the Firebird segment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was my first job at Disney, was animating the, the sprite in, uh, <clears throat> in that uh, sequence. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my first job at uh, Disney. And then uh, just after that, they, <clears throat> they had what they called open house, where they show all the projects in development. Mm -hmm. And so you could go there and see what was happening and, and talk to the directors. And, but they, but they uh, invited me to work on this movie called uh, Kingdom in the Sun. I don't know if you know the, the history of this. I know a little uh, bit, but I'm pretty sure the project. fans would love to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's a very nice documentary called The Sweat Box. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Yeah. That's the story of it. That's the if you see that movie, if you see that documentary, that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So so I was hired to be some animation on this sprite, which that is so different. Uh, it's totally the opposite of Papers in the Groove, the kind of animation. Uh, but the directors of uh, Fantasia, they, they told the other directors about me. So they, they asked me to, you know, to take a look at the project. King, Kingdom in the Sun was very different than in Personal Group. Mm -hmm. Very different. The theme was very similar, but the story was totally different. It's more like an epic movie and more, more traditional Disney movie mm -hmm. with the, the princess, the villain, the evil villain. It was very different. So, uh, so they offered me a job uh, to work as an animator on that movie, and I took it. it was my uh, my second project at Disney after the Fantasia was my first uh, second one, and then because of the story changes that they had, the movie wasn't working well, and <clears throat> so they had to stop and redo the whole thing. So maybe you know the story; it's a it's a long story, but so it became the Emperor's New Groove, right? So what happened was uh, there was a, a female character in the original movie, Kingdom in the Sun, which was supposed to be the love interest of Cusco, mm -hmm. right? Uh, which is very traditional Disney, like there's a prince, there's a princess, you know? And I was supposed to do the princess in that first version because they mm -hmm. liked what I did with the, with, the, with the characters and the kind of the style of animation. So they gave me the character to do as a, as a supervising animator. So I did a test with the character and everything. And then the story changed completely. It changed many times. It was very painful for everybody, very mm -hmm. painful because we start a character and they would say, oh, the story changed, you have to cut the character. So my character was cut, was totally out of the movie. And, because I was, I was a supervising animator and he, he didn't like what I did with the character, they gave me all these other characters mm -hmm. uh, as like, a, okay, I, we, want to, we want to keep you as a supervising animator. So just have fun with these characters. And I love it because I did the theme song guy that comes up out of the cake yeah. <laughs> with the Tom Jones music, uh, voice. And I did the waitress and, you know, in the, in the cafeteria, Mm -hmm. uh, sequence. I did uh, the old man, yeah. you know, that's thrown out the window. Groove, yeah, I loved groove. <laughs> yeah. So what I loved it was each one was so different than the other. Like mm -hmm. the, the, for example, the waitress was very under underplayed. Very, she didn't move too much. It was like, oh, okay, whatever. 
the old man was like trembling all the time. Oh, please, you know. Uh, the theme song guy is a performer, so he would sing and jump. And, and I also did the character with the very funny hat the, when yeah. Kuski is choosing the, 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 the wives, mm -hmm. the, the, the ladies. And the guy is very nervous. Oh, please don't kill me, you know. And he was very nervous. He, uh, so every, every character, character was so different. And that's why I loved it. But uh, I started on Kingdom in the Sun, you know. Yeah, for at one point I was put together with Jin uh, Kim, uh, the Korean uh, designer. Um, he was he's my friend, work roommates. They put me and him to work with Nick Ranieri. There was a character called the Huaka, was the little rock, mm -hmm. like a little uh, am amulet, little rock, and he would talk. With, it was very funny, um, and the character was because the story changed, it was completely gone and. So I was at one point working with Nick on that character. We did, we did production work, we did several scenes. So there was so, so, much, so much that changed and uh, it was very painful because then we didn't know what we were getting. You know? mm -hmm. But at the end, uh, I think the result was very interesting. It was very funny. Uh, I don't laugh a lot in animation because I do animation. Yeah. <laughs> but that one I laugh all the time I, I see, you know, uh, I still laugh at the jokes and the, and the gags. I think it's really funny. Mark Dindo was brilliant. He was, uh, he did, had a different way of directing. Mm -hmm. and his timing is very great. You know, it's very different than the traditional Disney films. It was more like, in a way, more like a Warner, uh, Warner Brothers kind of style, mm -hmm. in a way, you know, like the timing and the, the gags. So it was, for me, it was my favorite movie ever to, to work on. Yeah, I remember when this came out, I, I was, I think it came out in 2000. So I would have been about 11, maybe 12, somewhere around. Yeah, just depending on it, right? Yeah. So I remember going to see this and I'm from Orlando, Florida, right? So wow. Disney isn't too far from me. I was and, there. I spent uh, a year and a half there working. Yeah, what do you think before, before we talk about uh, how I saw this? What do you think of Orlando? Do you get to come back to the States often? Sometimes, yeah, I did. Uh, actually, almost every year I would go there. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been like three years, but uh, I would go like every year. Yeah. I, I loved Orlando. I loved living there. I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting place to live, man. It's it's definitely yeah. I've been all over. I've been all over the country. I've been all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I was I was Navy for a little while. Right. Yeah. I got to I got to go to a whole bunch of different countries. And we talked to Italy right before we hit record. The first country I ever went to before I was when I was 17, I got to go to Italy and got to wow. experience Italy, the culture, the, the women, the food, just every it was so it is great. Yeah, it really was. It was um, it was a I don't say a culture shock in a bad way. It was it was something like I'm going there. And I had one way of looking at it because I would see it in movies, I would read it in books, I would see it in pictures. So you have this preconceived notion on what something is, and then you get there, and it just blows all expectation. It was probably the prettiest place I've ever seen in my life. Between Rome and Venice and Flo Florence was my favorite. That one. That's where I live. I live in Florence. Yeah. Oh man, I get yeah. to see the I get to see the statue of David, the real one. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, they had a whole bunch of them out there because uh, people kept tearing them down back in the day. Whenever. Whenever there was yeah, yeah. a war, they tried to destroy it. And uh, when we were there, 
probably like six months or so before um, a lady was shot and killed there because she tried chiseling off the toe of the oh, statue wow. of David. Yeah. So it was, it was crazy just seeing all of this, 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 this art and this, like I said, these yeah. buildings, these churches, these monasteries, I can see. Them. It's like an open, open air museum. Yes, it really is. It's like a time capsule, right? You look yeah. around and everything is hundreds of years old. You're just like, whoa. Right. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, going back to going back to uh, the Emperor's New Groove. So I get there. I, I see this movie, right? And I'm just blown away. I absolutely love this movie. This movie. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, no, uh, I would just see that. Oh, beautiful. Sorry about that. Uh, so this movie, we would um, we would quote this so many so much with my friends, like no touchy was one of those. Yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. That thing would would I, then it was Kronk and it was Yzma. The yeah. cast of characters you guys brought together was mm. phenomenal, man. Um, like I said, watching this as a little kid, I, I was like I was blown away because I knew it was a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. feel like a disney movie it felt exactly. different right and i don't know i don't know what it was like i said so many iterations of this movie coming and going and you guys mm -hmm. didn't really know what was going to happen or how it was going to be pushed um but i'm glad it, i'm glad we got the movie of the emperor's new groove that we got because like i said it is a movie that is so underrated not very many people yeah. talk about it but the fan base that does talk about it are ride or die for this one they absolutely love it uh looking back at this movie almost 20 was well, 22 years now what is your favorite part that you love in this movie? Like, what's your favorite part that you got to animate out of all those sequences you got to animate? What was your favorite one? And then what was one that you absolutely loved that you didn't animate on? Uh, well, I love, it's very hard to pick one or two scene, uh, sequences. Uh, I like the one with the, when Kuski is choosing the wives. Yeah. And the little guy is so nervous because he was in charge of mm -hmm. get, gathering all those girls for, for him. And if, if, if Cusco wasn't happy, he would ask you know, to kill this guy, you know? Yeah. So he was so nervous because he could get killed. So uh, I just love the character, the voice. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was my favorite part to animate was that yeah. little guy because he was so nervous, you know, and I, had, I got to do all those little, oh, please, you know, don't, don't kill me, you know, all those kind of, so I had to imagine all that kind of, the guy was so afraid of mm -hmm. his life, you know? That's my favorite part. I also loved uh, the the old man. Yeah. That sequence, I loved doing him. He was a lot of fun too. Now, uh, what about your favorite scene? Do you have a favorite couple scenes that you didn't animate that some of your friends might've animated? What's your, some of your favorite yeah, parts? I, lo I, I love Isma a lot. Man, she's so great. Yeah, Isma is, is really well done. And it's very hard to pick. I don't I, I can't say one particular sh scene, you know, but. I love the animation of Isma, done by uh, Dale Bear. Dale Bear was uh, one of the top animators ever. He, I think he died two years ago or so, mm -hmm. but he was like uh, one of the guys who worked with the Nine Old Man. Yeah. Was, uh, he, I think his first, first job as an animator was at Disney was Robin Hood. <laughs> so there was, he was like, he was right there with the, my favorite animators ever. Yeah. He was working with them, with the old guys. So uh, he did Isma beautiful, beautifully. And was supposed to be Andres Deja's character. In Kingdom of the Sun, we had Isma. And Andres Deja was in charge of doing Isma. He designed, he designed her. Um, it was, was very beautiful what he did. And 
they did a whole musical uh, uh, sequence, beautiful animated. Uh, part of the animation was done in, in Flor um, Florida, as a studio in Florida. And it was beautiful. But then with the story changes and uh, Andres didn't like the, the way the movie was going, it was so different. So he left uh, and Dale Bear took over and redesigned Isma. And to me, it, the, the, the final design is very nice. It's, it's, it's like, uh, for me, he improved the design. You know, it's yeah. more interesting what he did. But it was based on what other people did, like Andreas and other designers. Now, you, you've mentioned uh, the Nine Old Men a couple times, and uh, I'd be remiss not to ask, did you get to work with any of them? I know a lot of them, uh, you know, started to pass away before the early 2000s. Yeah. Did, you get to work with, did you get to work with any of them? No, because when I started animation, they were already retired. Mm -hmm. um, so I started, I started my um, a career in 85. 85, I think they were writing the book, like the books, like you Frank, like, Frank Thomas yeah. and uh, Ollie Johnson were, were writing books. And uh, they, they had, I think we had only Ward Kimball, maybe Mark Davis, um, maybe Mill Call alive. Yeah. All the, the rest were uh, already dead. You know? mm -hmm. So I, I, I just met some of them, but I never, they were retired. Yeah, that, it, yeah, that's always cool because uh, whenever whenever I get the chance, like I've had a few people on here that have had uh, the experiences of working, you know, with Frank or Ollie, or, yeah. you know, um, and going over to the Hanna Barbera side because uh, I've had quite a few people that have worked over at Cartoon Network and them getting to work with uh, Bill and Joe, um, yeah. Chuck. Chuck has come up a couple mm -hmm. times. And uh, I think that was probably it as far as, you know, getting to work with real legends in the game yes. that paved the way for future animators. Um, you know, with you being from Brazil, do you remember your first, uh, first interaction with a Disney movie or a Disney feature, or a Disney cartoon or yeah. comic? Um, I remember watching um, on TV, mm -hmm. the, the, the shorts, some of the shorts. They used to show every, every Sunday uh, yeah. on TV. The short, but the but feature film. I think my first, the first one I ever saw was uh, the Aristocats. Yeah, yeah, which it, I still love it. That was my first one that I've seen at the, the, the theater. Uh, but but I had I had seen the short films like Donald Ducks and Mickey Mickey Mouse and uh, all the others I used to sh used to see on TV every Sunday at the time in the seventies. You know, they used to show. Um, 70, 70s and early 80s. They used to show on TV every Sunday. But, but feature, feature film, uh, Aristocats was, was, was the first one. Uh, that, was, that was my little sister's favorite movie. Uh, she oh, yeah? yeah, she absolutely loved that movie. Um, when they would show them in Brazil, would they be, would they be in English or? No, no, dubbed in, in Portuguese. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so who were some, like, so... For, for American kids and American adults and stuff, we've got some voice actors that we absolutely love. Who are some of the voice actors that you, you just adored hearing from, from the Portuguese side? Do you have a, a couple that, that, that absolutely you loved? No, because at the time, at the time we, they had like actors that we, I don't even know who they are, you know, yeah. like, old, like older actors, mm -hmm. veteran actors. Um, and some of them were like professional voice actors. Yeah. So it's very hard. It's not like we get a, a star mm -hmm. to do a voice for a cartoon, you know. Today they do that. Today for the new cartoons, they get 
like big Brazilian stars to do yeah. it. But at the time, we're like professional voice actors. So I don't, I, to be honest, I don't even remember, I don't even know their names. You know? Oh, no worries at all, man. It's, it's just interesting. Getting a medium like animation or comic books, books, you know, movies, mm -hmm. It's so cool to see when it shows up in a different country or us being yeah. Americans, we see something that's very, very popular and say like a place like Brazil or a place like Italy, and then it yeah. translates and it comes over or a perfect example uh, with you being an animation. I'm pretty sure you've seen just the influx of anime right throughout yeah, everything yeah. now. It's amazing. It's so big today. Yeah. 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 It's huge. Right. So we're seeing this thing that has just been budding and blooming and blowing up in Japan to coming yeah. over here and just taking an entire nation by storm. So it, it's just crazy to see how it, how it, um, how it can jump from culture to culture, language to language. Yeah. And then we all and watch also, the same also, thing. And also anime is influencing lots of pro, pro American productions. Yes. Uh, you can tell when you watch some of the uh, American TV shows, it's very influenced by um, Japanese animation. Yeah, it, it's crazy, man. Life inspires art and art inspires art. So yeah, it's yeah. really cool to see how, how it is. Yeah, it's, it's just cool. And I got a I got a 12 year old son and I have a 10 month old son. So my 12 year old, like he won't watch cartoons like I love American style cartoons. And I also like anime a lot, but he is strictly just an anime. He don't want to watch anything like we'll oh, watch Disney movie. He loves Disney movies. We'll watch that. We'll listen to the soundtracks and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to cartoons, like his cartoons now, he, he's been bitten by the anime bug and right, that's right. What he wants to stay in. Like, so he'll draw the characters. It's, it's really cool to see uh, what it probably looked like for me at his age, getting into what I got into and then him getting yeah. and finding his own, his own people, his own little click to yeah, yeah, yeah. join and talk to. So it's really cool. Um, Unless you like manga. Yeah, he likes, he likes them both. Uh, like for me, cause I, I love watching the, the shows. So I won't read the manga until, cause I'll look at him. I'm like, Hey, have they hit this part in the show yet in the books? And he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, oh, I'll go and read it now. He likes reading it while he's watching it. Right. So oh, if, right, right. Yeah, if he can go with the book and if he goes too far in the book, he's perfectly fine with it. Cause he's still, he can, he can delineate or he can sit there and separate himself from the show. And he can just like right. be amazed at how pretty it is compared to what it was like uh, on a 2d side, but it's three. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, so he he's just it's it's crazy to see his little brain work, right? So it's you see the yeah. see the wheels turning and everything, and he's watching all of this stuff. It's just really cool to see at such a young age what I probably yeah. look like, you know. Um, but going back to you and the Emperor's New Group, when you guys are working on this, when they make that initial shift and they know what they want yeah. for a movie, um, the movie that we're going to end up getting, uh, what is the feeling like for you in that? Are, are you is it hard to kind of feel like what you guys are doing is what you're supposed to be doing or what's the feeling like going around for you during that time that trepidatious time at the, at the beginning it was um, was great working on the kingdom mini sound that first mm -hmm. version everything was, was was good and we're trying characters doing tasks everything was great and then we, we heard stories of uh, okay management didn't like the movie, the way it was going. And we started hearing, oh, the director might be fired and all that kind of thing. It was a little, a little difficult. And then got to a point where they said, well, you, they only have two weeks to turn this around. Otherwise we, we're gonna have to lay off everybody. You know, yeah. it was kind of scary for many people, you know? Mm -hmm. So for a couple of weeks, we were like, 
we might get fired, you know, everybody. Yeah. So, but in the end, um, you know, Mark Dindo and the story team, they, they, they came up, they came up with the uh, Emperor's New Groove, the final version, Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove, in like two weeks, it's really fast. So he, they actually saved everybody, you know, yeah. everybody's jobs. But it was very, uh, at that particular time, it was very difficult when they said, well, they only have two weeks, you know, otherwise might be a big layoff. Yeah. So that was uh, kind of hard. But then after that, when we start Emperor's New Groove, the, the, the final version, mm-hmm. things was, went really went fast. We had to do, to do it fast because of the, the time we, we spent, we lost on the, the first, first version. But we had so much fun. Things were, went great after that on, on the production. That's really cool, man. Yeah, it was really uh, cool. Every, everybody was working really well and everybody was enjoying other people's work and, and we're having fun, you know? That's, that's the thing, we, everybody was, ha- I could tell my friends were having fun, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was having fun. So, but that part, that, the, the, the two weeks that we were waiting for, what if they don't get it, you know? What if, yeah. what if it doesn't work? Might be a big problem, you know? But after that, things went really smoothly and, and Mark Dindo was so clear what he wanted. Uh, was very easy to work with him because he's not the kind of director who doesn't know what he wants. Oh yeah, I have to see first. No, he knew what he wanted, mm-hmm. and he explained to you. It, it, you did your animation, show him. He would sometimes he would say, "Yeah, approved," or he would say, "Oh, just change this little thing." But he knew what he wanted. It was very clear, and that that way it's so easy to to work because it's not like you're gonna redo ten times, you know. You, you talk to him, he's explained what he wants. It, he sees the first pass of your animation in rough. He knows what's happening there. If he likes, he approves. If he doesn't, you know, you, you might have to do a few changes, but it was very smoothly. Some, some directors, they, you know, they're not sure. And you do a, a version, they say, ah, I'm not sure. Try this, try that. And you keep, you keep it reworking. Mm-hmm. But he was very clear. He was very, let's, you know, let's make this movie quickly and efficiently, you know. And he, he was amazing as that's a director. Really, yeah, that, that's really cool, man. Especially when you have a leader you could look up to and somebody that knows what yeah. direction you need to go to. Because I'm sure at some point in time in all of our lives, we've, we've worked for somebody that is indecisive, that doesn't know whether they're coming or they're going. And it's very, very, it's hard to really get a feel for anything because then everybody, if you start seeing the leader panic, what happens? The soldiers panic. So once every panic, it's just, it goes downhill real, real quick. Um, Looking at this movie, like I said, this movie is so fun, man, from start to finish. I love the little cutaways that they'll do when Kuzco is explaining his story. Yeah. Uh, like him crossing out, you know, Pacha and him circling yeah. himself and just all of <laughs> interacting this. With the, interacting with the viewer. Yeah. yeah, breaking the third wall, man. Is that a Mark Dindle thing? Or, or is that something that the animators might have come up in or a writer might have come up and said, hey, we want to break the third wall a little bit. But do you know how that came about? Well, I, I don't know exactly, but I, I'm sure it's not the animators. It's the, it's the story people. I think yeah. it was the story team that came up with that. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Mark Dindle with the story, with the story guys working on that. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Because just just having that little pause break, you know, where you're laughing and then you've got to sit there and you think, oh, what's he doing? Oh, he's doing something else funny. So (laughs) it's one of those things where it resets your emotion or resets your ability to laugh at something. Because if you're always laughing, 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 it's hard to go higher. So if you're always crying, 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 it's hard to go lower. So trying to find that balance. Yeah, it was really it was really nice. Um, Plus, plus some like I said, uh, some of the scenes in here are are still some of the funniest Disney scenes of all time. I'm like him and Bucky at the beginning with the Jaguars <laughs> and when he pops the balloon, it, it, it's just silly stuff like that. It's just really, really yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, looking back at this movie from 20 years now, I mean, is it just, do you have just as many fun memories now as you did back then? I do. I do. I still remember, like I said before, it was my favorite movie to ever have I ever worked on. And it, it was fun and the atmosphere was great. Yeah, I mean, after those two weeks, we're not <laughs> sure. but everybody was having fun, and like I said, they just I was I felt like usually in animation you're not you're not free like you think you are because you have a director who, in fact, sometimes at Disney you have you have to go through two or three people to get your your scene approved, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have directors who are not sure or or he, he wants something specific that you, you don't agree with, but you have to do it. In that movie, I was like, I, whatever I did, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Whatever I did, it was approved. Mark Dindo would say approved. Uh, he would laugh and approve. I had, so, I had very small changes, like very minor changes, which usually doesn't happen. Usually you have many changes, you know, in, produ- in projects. And, uh, but that one was like, whatever I did, it was like, oh, this is great. It's like uh, they were my. I was free to do whatever I wanted on my characters. The, uh, of course, you have to understand the story. You have to look at the storyboard. You have to understand how your character fits into that. You cannot miss that the mark. That's that's what happens there. But the performance, it can be whatever you want. As an as a as an animator, you are you are the actor, right? Yeah. We're we're, we're doing the acting. So as long as you don't miss the, you know, the point of the, the sequence or the story or the, what the character is doing there, the acting could be the, anything, you, you could be anything, you know, the way, whatever you, you think of. So on that movie, I was free to do the acting I wanted to do. Whatever I thought about the way the character felt, I could do it. And sometimes you work in, pro- in projects for the director, he has a specific way of that you should do the, the mm-hmm. acting. For example, working with Don Bluth on Anastasia, for example. Uh, Don Bluth, uh, he used to shoot the whole movie in live action, the whole movie, like a, like a live action with, with the camera moves and like good actors. You'd get really great actors to do it. And you had to use, you had to, you had to do the animation over the, the live action, you know, in the acting, we couldn't think of the acting. The acting was already already there for you, mm-hmm. and you couldn't you can change it. He wanted that way, the way he shot the live actor. So that's not very good for an animator because an animator wants to do his own her own actor uh, acting. Yeah, and so that's why it was so so fun for me to work on King uh, Emperor's New Groove because of. I was free to do the acting I wanted. Yeah. I wasn't like, 
uh, you know, tied to a specific way of doing, like with Don Bluth or, or a director who wants, no, because it has to act this way, you know. So that's why it was for me it was the most fun. I still I still love it when I when I when I think when I think about it, you know. It, 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 this movie became a cult. Like in everywhere I go, the people wants me to uh, to draw the characters from Naples New Groove, you know, Cusco or whatever. And in Italy is very is very big. In Italy mm. is like a cult movie. Yeah, that, that, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Uh, something that I've uh, have you gotten a chance to watch Sketchbook on Disney Plus? I watched uh, the Jim Kim uh, uh, sequence uh, segment. Yeah, the Captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, Jim is my Jim is my friend, and we're roommates on the uh, Emperor's New Groove. And he animated Cusco, you know. So yeah. we're roommates from India, like we're friends. So I, I wanted to uh, the first one I watched was his segment. I have to watch the the rest of it. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the entire series, but his 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 and Eric Goldberg's were uh, probably my favorite too. Um, yeah. from that entire series because it's just Eric Goldberg seeing. He's I don't know. He, he really is. I mean, but just, just seeing somebody at the height of their craft, a master yeah. of their craft, slip into that character like it's a pair of socks or you're putting on a shirt right yeah and everybody puts on a shirt everybody puts on a pair of socks so it looks effortlessly is what i'm really getting at mm. but to see him draw the genie like dude i got goosebumps right now right like i'm, I'm sitting there i'm watching him, and i'm like oh my god like it's just so easy. It so easily. Yeah. yes it's like it, it's it's so i cook for a living right that's the that's the trade I'm in. I, I I love it. Getting to work with somebody that that has been cooking for longer than me, and you watch a master do something. They make it look yeah. effortless. They make it look yeah. like anybody can do it, right? Yeah. So I used to draw back in the day. I wasn't uh, I wasn't the greatest, but I wasn't the worst. I was if I would have kept going longer than twelve years old, I I probably would have tried the animation field because I, I just love what you guys did. That was my first love and my first dream. I wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, so watching Eric ignited this him and like a him and him and uh, him and Kim. So they ignited this this passion that I haven't done in quite some time. This fire, right? Yeah. So I haven't drawn in probably a couple of years. I just haven't had the time. Yeah. And uh, so I'm watching this, and then I've got the baby with me, the ten month old. You know, so my wife's at work, and wow. then. You know, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to the art store. I'm gonna go to the hobby store real quick, and I'm gonna get <laughs> a sketch pad, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna. I've never bought an, an art book as far as like a how to art book, but I was right. just through some stuff, and they had the Disney villains art book, and I was like, it's only 15 bucks. I'm just gonna go ahead and mm. buy this a sketchbook, a couple pencils, and an eraser. Um, and then I put on I put on sketchbook, and then I start drawing, and I just completely left the villains book off the side, but I'm watching Eric do it right, so I, I start doing what Eric's doing. And then I start going and I'm about 30, 45 seconds into it. I'm like, dude, I can't fucking keep up with this guy. This guy is moving at such a pace and it's so yeah. effortlessly. Like I said, him yeah. and then Kim for the, for the, for the Captain Hook, it was Captain Hook is my favorite villain of all time. My favorite. Oh, really? Disney, yes. My favorite Disney movie has always been the jungle book. It's such a beautiful movie, mm -hmm. but Captain Hook, in my opinion, him and Cruella DeVille are the, my yeah, two. Cruella. Yeah. Mark Davis, another genius. Yeah. Um, but uh, just getting to see those two guys, like I said, at the height of their craft and true yeah. masters of, of their yeah. profession and just seeing them slip into it, like I said, like it was their fancy pair of socks or their nice shirt they were wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just something cool. Because like I said, it made me feel like I could do it. 
I started yes. doing it. I'm like, shit, I'm out of my league. I can't do this, Sandra. So I had to put it <laughs> off to the side and I just finished watching it. But yeah, that's such a great show to watch, man. Um, but looking, looking at this, looking at this movie, like I said, uh, I noticed that a lot of people, when I started looking up videos on drawing Cusco and stuff like that, a lot of people say they have issues with drawing this character, not so much the llama because the llama is a little bit easier, but drawing Cusco himself is hard. Were any of the characters from this movie difficult for you to really draw or ash out? Did somebody give you any trouble? Not really, because, uh, to be honest, um, uh, let me tell you a story. Um, uh, the designer of the whole show was uh, my friend, uh, Joe Mosier. Mm-hmm. He was, have you heard of him, Joe Mosier? I think I've heard of the last name. Okay, He's, he was the designer. He's a, one of the greatest designers mm-hmm. ever. He's uh, amazing. And he was, he was the, the chief designer for the whole show. He designed all the characters, basically. Yeah. Um, and what happened was, if you, if you notice, notice it, the design, it has, it's very angular. It's not very, it's not like totally three-dimensional, like like the traditional Disney film. It's more graphic, more more shape-oriented. And that that, uh, design language was very difficult for most of the animators, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, But for some reason, I I got it uh, really fast, the the design sense. Uh, My first, one of the, the first shots I did, the director, at the time was Roger Allers, the same director for Lion King. He was in charge of Kingdom in the Sun. Yeah. So he was the main director. Uh, when, when he saw my animations, he was like, wow, this guy, he, he can draw like Joe Mosier. Yeah. He can he understand the design language of this movie. Other people, most of the animators couldn't do it. So they put me, they put me to work with Joe Mosier doing model sheets mm-hmm. for the movie. So Joe Mosier would do like one to two drawings for a character, I would I would take the, those drawings and do a turnaround, like a model sheet with poses, <laughs> and, and I would I would check with Joe. Joe would do some drawovers. So I learned a lot a lot work with Joe, and because of that, um, I kind of understood the design language. Mm-hmm. The, the, so for me, it was it wasn't difficult to to draw that style at all because I got cool. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool, man. Uh, speaking speaking of uh, Mr. Moser here for a second, what was it like working with him doing doing these model sheets? Have you had you done model sheets before? Um, no, it was first it was first time. Uh, it was first time as a working with a great designer and, and doing model sheets and this kind of stuff. It was the first time for me. I, I was I've been always an, an animator before, mm-hmm. um, but then because I understood the the style. They they put me together with Joe. Joe was great because he's um, like I said, he's like one of the best designers. But he's so humble, very yeah. humble guy. And, and I remember going many times. I'd go to him, "Hey, Joe, can can you go over this drawing for me?" You know, and he would say, "No, no, it's great. This is great. No, it's great." And I said, "No, no, no, please just go over this." <laughs> no, but it's great drawing. No, no, please go over. He would go over and make he made he would make so much better. Yeah, he would improve the drawing, but he didn't want to do it. So, so I had to force him to do it mm-hmm. many times, and that's how I learned. I just understood oh how he thought, you know. Oh, that that line I I put there, he put in the in the different place. It became better, you know. The way he will draw over my drawings. Yeah, and the best way to learn drawing or animation is if you have somebody showing you 
like if you if you are if you have like a like a, a mentor going over your drawings mm -hmm. like it's an animator who's with more experience going over your drawings when you see him draw draw over your drawings point point pointing to the mistakes you made or or show you places to improve that's how you learn yeah you, you kind of oh i understand now uh you, you i was you know, putting the the lines in the wrong place you know or that shape there was wrong he, he just pushed this this part here it became much better that's how you learn you know it's mm -hmm. much easier to learn and with joe was like i would do a drawing i thought would was nice but i had to check with him it would go over and made it made so much better i was like oh wow i could never thought to do it this way you know but he's so he's so humble and he didn't want to do it and, but for me it was like a lesson in design that's really and, cool man it was like a because i never went to school for animation or drawing i'm self-taught i had to to learn by myself and that was the first and only time somebody was teaching me, you know, something it was pretty great. That's, I loved it. That's wild, man. When you think you're self-taught, so many people like you always hear Cal Arts, you always hear Sheridan, yeah. you always hear all of these schools. Did you feel now? I don't want I don't want to seem like if this is a rude question. I don't mean it to be rude. Did you feel no, like you were out of place? Like, did you feel? Did it feel weird being self-taught when all of these other kids that you're working with are going to Cal Arts or Sheridan or all these other art schools? Did it feel weird for you, not only just being from Brazil, but you're coming to America to work on this, but did you feel out of no, place? No, because I never, when I went to America to work at Disney, I was already a professional. Yeah. So I, I was like, at the same, I was at the same level of most of them, or mm -hmm. sometimes better than most, most of some of them, you know, so I never felt that. And when I started, I, like we didn't have a school here in the eighties for animation. Today we have in Brazil. Um, for drawing, we had like a classical drawing, like a school, the school of fine arts. Mm -hmm. We had that, but my parents could never afford yeah. paying for me. So it, it was never like I don't I don't know how to explain, it, but nobody would would tell me, oh, you have to go to school to learn uh, drawing or something you just, I just did mm -hmm. and just wanted to do it so much. And I learned on the job, actually working for a studio as, a, as an assistant. That's how I learned to, to do animation and drawing. But when I got to America, I was already a professional. So I didn't feel like, one time I, I remember, remember talking to a, a friend, of, friend of mine who went to Sheridan College and I told him, I'd love to have gone to Cal Arts. And he said, Sandra, you don't, you don't, you don't have to. I mean, you're better than better than many of them, many of them you know, who went to Cal Arts. So you, it's just like, of course, I'd love to have gone to to school like Cal Arts or Sheridan, you know. But I never felt like out of place. You know? That's really cool, man. Because like you'll hear doing this podcast, I've been doing this podcast for about two years now. In October, it'll be about two years. Wow. And, uh, one thing I consistently hear from everybody that I have on, it's imposter syndrome, right? They, they, they're in a, they're in a position and they feel like, holy shit, they picked the wrong person. I, 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 I'm out of my league. I'm out of my depth. I'm out of this. I'm out of that. And then getting to see how they 
they fight through that, right? The fake it until you wow. make it, or I'm just going to continually put in as many hours as I possibly can. Yeah, yeah. If people were playing catch up, that's what they would do. They would put in as many hours as they could to play yeah, catch up. Yeah. Or like you said, you find somebody, a mentor, somebody that has got 10 years, 20 years experience yeah. on you. And then you're like, hey, draw over my drawing so I see where I'm going wrong. Yes. It, it's, it's, it's cool to see something like that. And, and with Disney, Disney's got such a, a historic career, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're almost 100 years now at this point when it comes to yeah, animation. You know, so they've, they've got some time in this game of animation. So I got to imagine you're going to, you're going to somebody that has all of the answers. And if they don't know, have all the answers, they know somebody that has that answer. So they can definitely direct you in the position you need to be directed. With that being said, would they, would they pair younger animators with somebody that was more experienced just so they could get that experience or that catch up or that teacher, that mentor they needed? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they did yeah. uh, when I was there. They had that, that happening, and I think today they still have that. Yeah. How many? Do that's, you... that's something that happens. It's, it's something that's natural, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a student environment like that, you have to have. Uh, you have to. They have to put the young guys with, like, with veterans, so they can learn from. It. That's how the, the veterans learn too. You know, from yeah. other veter- veterans. Um, yeah, that's something that happens. Yeah. Okay. Now, how do you, do you, re- I don't know if it's a hard question to answer. Cause it, like I said, it's such a long time ago, but, uh, do you know how many people would be under one mentor or would you get to pick a mentor or would it just be, if you were assigned to a specific scene or a specific group of sets, uh, they'd give you a mentor at that point? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know much because I never, I never had a mentor or never was a mentor to somebody. Yeah. Uh, that uh, when I was at Disney, but I know it would be like one on one, like one yeah. guy, maybe one guy was like junior animator would be paired with the let's say Andreas Dejo or, or Nick Ranieri or somebody would that that junior animator would be working with with him. It could be it could be one that could be a little like two or three or yeah. a little group. Yeah. Okay. The only reason I asked that is because uh, when I joined the Navy, you have to find uh, you have to find somebody that's had at least a couple deployments that have you know right. been been deployed or been in for some time, so they they've got experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally, they either force you, like say you have to go for this person because he's in your division, or you can pick somebody. Luckily, I got to pick somebody, and the person I picked is still one of my my closest friends today. Nice. Um, you know, he he was somebody I always looked up to. He was a married guy as well. I was a very young guy. I was like nineteen joining the military um so seeing him and how you conduct yourself as a professional what you do yeah. how you speak how you talk how you treat and you know it's all this crazy shit that most people think you just come straight out of the out of the gate knowing it's like no man it's a refined skill you got to learn all this stuff this yeah, is where yeah. got these veterans totally. in this industry yeah but, but a place like disney if you if the guy was clever he would go to not only a main, one guy he would go to many of them yes you'd go you go to glenn king you'd go to andreas deja because they they were like available and mm-hmm. they they're not the kind of people who would say no no I'm, I'm I won't do that everybody was open to to help everybody you know yeah. if you if you had if you wanted to show your drawing to somebody you could go just just go there and show and get get their opinion or I did that a few times I I was designing characters for um uh the princess of the frog i was designed some of the characters and i went to andreas there and say andreas please just go over this for me 
give him an idea here. He'll do it, you know. He was, yeah. Everybody was so open uh, to exchange ideas or uh, opinions or going over the drawings. Uh, so if, if somebody's clever, he'd go to many top people, you know, for for drawing um, opinions, you know. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I'm glad you brought up the princess and the frog because uh, like I told you before we hit record, that is my favorite modern day princess and favorite modern day princess movie. It is so fun. Like I said, being a being a chef, right? I mm -hmm. love food and seeing this movie revolve around her. My, yeah. my, my, my dream when I was young, when I, when I was 12, I was flipping through the channels right on TV. Mm -hmm. And my mom was working two jobs and it was generally my job to get to get dinner started, not so much cook, right. but it was to get dinner started because she'd come home late. She's mm -hmm. trying to cook for the five of us. You know, she's she's trying to, you know, decompress from a long work day. Right. So she's mm -hmm. under amount of uh, amount of stress that I couldn't even comprehend. Yeah, right. So I'm flipping through the channels and I happen to see a guy named Emeril Lagasse. Right? I love him. I used to yeah. watch him all the time. Yeah. Right. So he captivated, captivated an audience. What, what Walt Disney is for you guys, Emeril Lagasse mm -hmm. is for me, right? So I'm flipping through wow. and I see him, right? And it's one of those moments where I got goosebumps again, right? So I'm watching him. The entire audience is captivated. Yeah. It's like a magic spell that he cast before the show started and everybody's having a good time he was beating on the bongo drums for the uh, for the band he's throwing <laughs> spices everybody's cheering and it's all centered around food right and i'm watching yeah. this and i'm like oh my god i want to cook for i want to do what he's doing how, <laughs> how right so my mom was an amazing cook my mom is an amazing cook it sucks because she won't cook for me uh anymore because she's <laughs> She says everything I cook is so much better than than what oh, she right. like, Mom, come on, please. Well, you want you want her recipe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way it is. But she won't she won't do it anymore. She's like, no, you cook better. I like your food better than I like my food. Wow. And I was like, Mom, I get it, but I really enjoy the food I grew up with. I that's what like uh, you remember Ratatouille that scene? Yeah. Where he goes eating and then he drops the fork. Yes, that is what every single person in my industry chases. Seeing mm -hmm. somebody, not so much drop a fork, but just go, oh my God, oh, this yeah, is yeah. amazing, right? So yeah. chasing that, and that's, I still have flashbacks. Like whenever my mom will cook, I won't tell her I'm coming over and I'll just show up because she lives a little, she lives like a 15 minute drive down the street from me. Uh -huh. So I'll just show up around dinner time, and I'm like, Oh, you're cooking, mom. So I get to eat. So it's like it's that 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 I trick her into cooking type of thing. Yeah, it's um, fantastic. Yeah, but I this is why I love Princess and the Frog because Emerald was a a big dude when it came to Louisiana cooking and Cajun yes. cooking. Yes. Yes. So seeing all of that kind of ignited that that love that I had for food through Emerald Lagasse, and I think that's why I love this movie so much. But it's fun. Right. And I think yeah. this is like the last of tr the traditional to an extent of that 2D style of animation. Yeah. And you start seeing the frozens and everything coming in. Yeah. But it was so beautiful. There was so much heart. There was so much soul. I love Prince Naveen. It was just ah, the, 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 the villain. He was it's it just everything about this movie screamed classic Disney animation from the start to finish. It was beautiful. Um, is this kind of like how uh emperor's new groove came on you know you were offered a job you came in or you saw the boards going around like i would like to work on this but how'd you get on to princess and the frog yeah no okay uh that was um what happened was when i was at disney after the uh, emperor's new groove 
uh, we started, I don't know if you remember, Home of the Range. What do you I call do. It? It. Yeah. yeah, that was another one that be, when they started, it was a, something else. It wasn't that movie. It was I like- I had a John movie. Sanford on last night. Oh, you had him? Oh, okay, he was my director. I just talked to John last night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he was my director. Yeah, my my director. But when I started, was was with different directors, not not him. Was a Mike Gabriel and Mike Jamo. They were the directors, and the movie used to be called Threading Bullets. Yeah. And what it had ghosts, and it was very different than what it turned out to be. And okay, then I worked on that movie and. Uh, I did the sheriff. I did the goat jab, the goat. Yeah. And then after the movie, they didn't have any more hand-drawn animation projects in California, mm-hmm. right? At the California studio. And they told me, Sandro, if you want, what do you want to do? You want to do storyboards? They want me to train in CG. I said, no, I want to draw, keep drawing. Um, okay, we're not doing any more hand-drawn animation here. They were, they, they had already announced that we're, they were going to CG, you yeah. know, uh, hand-drawn were, was going was going down in California. But they said, okay, in Florida, in a studio in Orlando, we're gonna still make one more, at, at least one more movie hand-drawn animation. If you want to go there, you can go there. So they, I said, okay, I'll go there. I'll go to, to Florida. So they moved me to Florida to work there on the movie called My Peoples. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a hybrid movie, a CG with hand-drawn animation. And they had, they had like, uh, in the story, the, the main character would make toys with uh, recycled things, like things that in the house, he would make like little toys based on the family. And those little toys were supposed to be CG, computer animation. And the, and the, and the, and the characters, like the, the world would be hand-drawn animation. So it would be characters hand-drawn, the main characters, and the toys would be, CG or like yeah. hybrid movie. So I, I moved to, they moved my, 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 my family, my, my stuff all to Florida, everything to Florida, they paid everything. So I was, I was there in Florida, I loved, I loved the people there. Everything was great. And then the movie was in production. We did, we're doing production, production scenes and everything was great. And then they decided to close the studio and, and, and cancel the movie. It was a big thing, a big deal. Everybody was laid off, yeah. for over 400 people. They only kept a small group of people to move to California, back to California. But I, I was uh, one of the guys, the artists laid off, you know. So I decided to come back to Brazil to open a studio. So I spent a few years here. And then after, I don't know how many years, uh, they called me back to work on Princess the Frog. They said, Sandro, you want to come back because we're going to make, we're going to continue, we're going to start making more Android animation. And I said, I, I was, I was like trying to go to the Blue Sky at the time yeah. to do storyboards on Blue Sky. And so I was trying to decide what to do. And, this, and then they said, um, you, you know, you know, it's going to be a hand-drawn movie. And we we'll get this. We we'll get Eric Goldberg. We we'll get these people. This this. Say, oh, okay, sounds good. So I'm, I decided to go back. So I had I had like four or five years maybe away from Disney. You know, so I went back to work on Princess and the Frog, but it was like an invitation to go mm-hmm. back. And and the, and when I got there, uh, they said, 
oh, things are great here. We're gonna keep making hand drawn animation. Things are, everybody was so happy. And I was like, wow, this is strange because everybody's so up and it looks like it's a great future for hand drawn animation again. It turned out not to be. Yeah. <laughs> But, but it was like an invitation to go back. Uh, I was away from Disney after Home on the Rain, after the studio in Florida closed closed down. I was away for four or five years until they invite me back on the Princess the Frog. Yeah, I really wish, and I know Eric Goldberg said it that uh, there was an article that came out last week, I think, when Sketchbook dropped. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. Disney's going to return to that two D that hand drawn animation. I'm so I hope it happens. I really yeah, let's see. Let's wait and see. Let's yes, wait yeah. and see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I get it. There, you've got to. So my son's my son's style of animation is that three D. It's that 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 right. Pixar. It, it's that. It's what they're doing now. It's just it. Yeah, everything no. evolves, you know. So it, it's, but it is nice to see when it comes back because. I can't remember who I talked about it with, but I talked about, I think it was Dave Wasson, the, the creator of, uh, they just did the Cuphead show um, yes. for, for Netflix. So I had him on a couple of weeks ago and I was like, don't take this the wrong way because it's going to sound like I'm ignorant trying to, trying to say some of these words because I, I've been a fan of animation since I was a very little kid, but getting to go in depth and talk with folks like yourself and people that I've had on here before, I am very new to the terminology. So I'm trying to play catch up and learn as much as I can. So whenever I try to explain something, it always sounds like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's just, I just don't know the terminology quite yet, right? It's not all up here, but it will get there maybe 10 years from now, right? It takes a little while for all this <laughs> shit to happen. But what I was telling him was what, was, what I absolutely loved about the Cuphead show is what I loved about old shows like Top Cat. I don't know if you remember that one from Hanna-Barbera or the Flintstones or the oh, chess yeah, of course. Yeah. or so stuff like that. Looney Tunes. What you would see on traditional hand-drawn animation is if somebody was drawing and they drew too hard underneath an eye, you would see that on some oh, of the yeah. frames. You would get lucky enough. That's what that's what I loved because you little would mistakes. Yeah. Yes, you would see the little mistakes, but it was it was little mistakes that somebody created with these. Right. They did this yeah, with their hands. Yeah, yeah. It came from here and it went to here. Yeah. Now, this is not a dig on people that are strictly, you know, CGI. They they yeah. do everything on a laptop or an iPad or anything like that, a sketch pad. I just love because that's what I grew up with. I grew up yeah. with that style of hand-drawn animation. And that's what that's what strikes me the most. Everybody's got, you know, their Picasso, their Starry Night, their, they've got whatever that moves them. And that's just what moves me. It's just seeing those little imperfections yes. somebody that might have went a little too hard or they were yeah. under a deadline so they smudged it i mean it's there it's crazy just picking out old shows and you see a mistake and you're like ah i see it i see it i see it and my wife's like shut up i don't want to hear this anymore can we just watch the movie so it's it, like i said i love seeing stuff like that i really hope they go back to that classic 2d animation because there's something beautiful about that it's yes. something that's missing today right so and i think i think there's room for both yes there really is and also when disney decided not to make any more hand-drawn animation i was i was very surprised because Okay, I don't mind DreamWorks or other studios, but Disney has a tradition. Yes, they created they, essentially, you know? Exactly, yeah. It should be the last studio in the world not to, I mean, just to stop making, you know? Yeah. It's strange for me that they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't keep a small team making, continually making hand-drawn animation. You know? Yeah, you've got Disney, and then let, let Pixar do 
that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Open up another studio. I mean, I know it's yeah. money at the end of the day, but Disney's buying everything. Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar. I, I mean, they have the money. Yeah. They really do. And so it's just, I just please just keep it. I'm yeah, like, you know, you know, you know what, what they, they could have done? Um, they could have kept Florida, the student in Florida, yeah. making hand-drawn animation. Yes. Right. It would have been there and keep making one every four, three, four years. In in, in California, Pixel could be making hand, uh, CG animation. Sandra, I think you need to put in an application for Disney and to start running these studios because you <laughs> have a billion dollar idea right there. I've gotten the chance to talk to quite a few. So last year in 2020, when I started this podcast. I, I reached out to anybody and everybody that I could possibly get on here and talk to. Anytime I saw credits, I was writing names down and then I would start Googling and trying to find anybody that would want to come on and talk to me. So at the first, the first year, it was all essentially, I don't know if you ever watched it back in the early 2000s, but in Cartoon Network, they had a little show called Ed, Ed and Eddie. It was yes. done, right? So it was done by AKA Studios up in Vancouver, I believe. Um, so I had that first year, I had almost every storyboard artist, every writer, a lot of the voice actors, uh, you know, anybody and anybody, anybody and everybody that was on and worked at that studio I had on. And then wow. it would, you would, you'd see a little bit of Nickelodeon, you'd see a little bit of uh, Cartoon Network. And then this year, I've strictly been focusing on Disney, because without Disney, you don't get a lot of the stuff that fans like myself grew up on. It looks very, very bleak. And it looks very, very depressing if you take Disney completely out of the equation of animation. Right, right. Right. So like I said, seeing all of this come and then knowing that there was an animation studio here not too long ago and they closed it yeah. down. I've gotten to talk with Tom Cito. I've gotten to talk with Aaron Blaze. I, you know, I just talked to John and talking to you. Um, so there's been a few people that I've had on here from the Disney world and getting to hear the stories, not only of the Florida MGM studios, but getting to hear California studios and seeing all of the stuff mm -hmm. Disney helped create. And like I said, yeah. you guys built childhoods for all of us, right? Um, yeah. So I, I, it'd be, like I said, it'd be nice to see that return to what made Disney so special so long ago right um but as we start to wind down here because i don't want to keep you too too much longer man so I, I really appreciate you taking the time for me it's been a lot of fun oh, i'm so happy to do this yeah yeah, yeah. Thank so you. thanks for having me anytime man I, I really appreciate you doing this so what we're going to do is we're going to rotate to some fans questions okay. and uh if you had fun i would really like to have you come back on later in the year and we could go super in depth about a couple movies right so um a couple of these questions I like to start out with before we get to the fans' questions. Uh, so one of them is your Mount Rushmore of animators, right? So if you had to pick four people and then you had an honorable mention, so you've got five people total, who are the four on your Mount Rushmore when it comes to animators? It could be like from the old old timers too. It can be anybody that you, that have, you've drawn inspiration from or somebody that okay. you looked up to. Okay, Mill Call, Mill yes. Call, one of nine old men. Mm -hmm. Bill Title. Bill mm -hmm. Title was he was not he's not like one of Night Old Men, but he one of was one of the, the guys who taught the Night Old Man. Yeah. Was before Bill Title. Uh I would say uh Ward Kimball. Yes. Ward Kimball, uh, it's like it's incredible. Frank Thomas mm -hmm. and Mark Davis. Oh man, I'm so glad. I'm gonna I always like doing this and 
it's it's funny seeing how my Mount Rushmore has changed, but this is the definitive list for me. So uh, I don't know if you know him, but Gendy Tartakovsky, right? He's always yeah, of course. Been, yeah, yeah. he's always been my favorite animator yeah. of all time. Uh, I love Mark Davis. Out of all the nine yeah. old men, he's my guy. Uh, Craig McCracken. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Jorge Gutierrez, which is oh, Jorge, yeah. So I, I that was my uh, most recent episode. I released that one on Cinco de Mayo. I saw it. I was watching actually. Yeah, yeah. It, it's that movie has the Book of Life. That That's movie great. Made me cry more than anything uh, has wow. ever made anybody cry. Like I don't know what it's so beautiful. His style, his different. voice. Yeah, very different than anything else. Yeah. It really is, and it was. It's. I don't throw this this compliment out. I don't throw this out there very often, but it is a perfect movie from start to finish. Like I'm pretty sure if Jorge looked at it, he was like, I'm pretty sure he would change a couple things, maybe because whenever you're creating something, like I do it oh, all yeah, the time. Well, we see problems. We see yeah. problems. I see perfection when I see the Book of Life. So with my food, everybody's like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. And then I look at him like, Really, it's the greatest thing. It needed more salt. It needed more acid. It needed more fat. It could have used this. It could have. Yeah, you know. So it, it's just. We see what we want to see, and we see because yeah. we're the ones putting in the work, right? But uh, those those four guys, and I'm actually wearing the creation on my shirt. I don't know if you ever watched a little show called Hey Arnold. I remember that show. Yes. yes. So Craig Bartlett, he's my honorable mention. He's coming on later in the year too. I'm really looking forward to that one because uh, that one, this show was like uh, my childhood, right? It was. I always wanted to be like Arnold. I, I wanted his room. The music <laughs> was so fun. It was. It was such a fun show. Um, Another one that I like doing as far as the questions go before we get to the fans uh, fans questions is two books that you think every animator, because there's a lot of animators that listen to this and there's a lot of kids and people that are trying to get in the animation industry. And there's a lot of fans of animation that listen and watch this episode or watch these shows. So what are two books in the animation field that you think every animator or every fan of animation should have on their bookshelves? Okay, I would say definitely. The, the one that they have to have it for sure is the illusion of life. I knew you were going there. You, yep. you knew. Oh, the yeah. other one, the other one is Richard Williams' uh, animator survival kit. Yes. That's that's the one that if you want to learn animation, go with that one. It's all it's all it's all there for somebody who wants to start learning animation. All the mm-hmm. mechanics of animation is all there. Yeah, the illusion of life is the not only the history but the philosophy of Disney animation and uh, they have all the principles that are explained so well. But you understand how they thought mm-hmm. when they were making movies, you know, at Disney. And there's Richard Williams uh, for the technical aspect because yeah. you have to you have to you have to know the technical aspects to do the performance. You know? hundred percent. Uh, the illusions of life is the first book that, uh, it's not the first book I bought the, the book that I bought first that got me wanting to know more about what you guys and gals do was of mice of men, not of mice of men, of mice of magic from letter. Oh yes. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that one I had, I had a guy on, his name was Fred cyber. He was the last Hanna-Barbera president for cartoon. And, uh, I, I was talking to him and he tells me he came over from MTV right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to do all of this stuff. He wanted to see the shorts come back and, or he wanted to see that shorts program come. And that's what was going to revitalize cartoons in the nineties. And I was like, dude, how did you have the foresight to think about something like this coming from MTV music videos? Yes. And like why well, I read this little book called Mice of Magic from Letter Malton. And I wrote that down and then I bought the book and I, 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 I got it on Amazon probably like two days later and I'm reading this and I'm like, 
holy shit, there is so much in the first chapter alone, right? Mm -hmm. Than I've seen in any book. Like I had, you ever seen any movie that has serial killers in it and they've got like posted notes or strings that are going to like all of these. Yeah, that kind of thing. (laughs) That's what my, uh, it's in my, it's in my, uh, my bedroom, I think, but that's what my book looks like. I've got so many highlights folded over the stuff circled. So whenever, if I ever get the chance to talk to Leonard, I've talked to Jerry Beck and he was one of the great, like greatest people I've ever had on here. He's forgotten more than I'll ever be able to learn about animation. He's a historian, historian. Brilliant person, man. Uh, so that one started, but the illusion of life, right? That mm-hmm. book I, I had waited because the price point was like almost 80, 90 bucks, right? Yeah, for, the new, for the new version. So I was like, I just had a baby. I didn't want to buy it. Right. Our second kid. I was like, I want to buy it. No, I don't want to buy it. I was like, ah, and then I ended up working like fucking 80 hours or not 80 hours, excuse me, 60 hours in one week and then another 65 the next week. So I had pretty good overtime. So I was right. like, I'm going to treat myself and buy this book. I'm reading it. And I didn't even, I wasn't even reading the words. I was just flipping through the pages and I never do this. I mean, I was flipping through the pages and I was just mesmerized. Yes. Yeah, the amount of detail. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And then I start reading it. And one line I picked out of there that, that still sticks with me. And then whenever I hear somebody say it, I smile. It's uh, you do not animate what the characters are doing. You animate what the characters are feeling or what they're feeling, thinking. Yeah right yeah, and it's exactly. so yeah. beautiful and it's so articulate and it's so to the point it's you don't do what they're doing because anybody can anybody can do that you no, because you, uh, uh, the, the thing is is it's it's not difficult to move the character yes it's difficult to animate the character to mm-hmm. make the character alive thinking yes. yeah it's, it's different you can move the character any you know you can make a character move but what what's the personality is the personal personality there is the character is telling you something you know that's that's the difficult part it really is and it's it's beautiful when it's done right because you can tell like oh they get it they have that book they read that same line (laughs) i read and they applied it to their work i love it all right so the last one before we get to the fans questions is our animation recommendation this is where if whenever the guests come on, we get a lot of repeat guests on, and we also get a lot of guests that come on that are referred to from the guests I've had on for. Is there anybody that you've worked with that you think would have a fun time on here that we should reach out to? Would you recommend anybody that, that you think would have a good time on? Yes. Uh, did you ever get Nick Ranieri? I did not, no. Yeah, him. He's great. Yeah. He did Cusco. He's the oh. Cusco's father. Yeah. He's great. He's like one of the top animators. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the top like one of the best at Disney. So get him. And if you can get Joe Mosier. Yeah. Great, great designer. Okay, he, he, Joe Mosier worked uh, briefly with Chuck Jones. Yeah. The last, the last, you know, projects of Chuck Jones. So he has some great stories. That's really cool, man. I got both of them written down. I actually had Phil Roman on not too long ago. Oh, wow. Uh, when I talk about stories, like uh, he told the entire story about how he got into the Grinch and then working with Chuck Jones. Mm-hmm. And then he was sitting there, he was talking, he's like, Chuck Jones is looking over my stuff. And he looked back, he was like, who animated all of this stuff? And he was like, uh, I, I did. He was like, who are you? And he was like, I'm, I'm Phil. And he told me the story. He's like, you're an animator now. And he was like, wow. oh, oh my God, my hero, my hero validated yeah. me. And just seeing all of this, like I'm trying it not makes, to cry. It makes, it makes all the difference when... Yes. Uh, somebody like Chuck Jones would say you're an animator that's it makes all the difference 
Yeah, man. That, that's what happened to me with Don Bluth. Don Bluth, when I went to work for him, mm-hmm. uh, had my, he had my portfolio open and he was looking and said, because it was my, my portfolios and my friend's portfolio we went together to mm-hmm. try to get a job there. And he looked at my portfolio and said, who is this portfolio here? I said, this is mine. You're an animator. Oh. So like, it's like a validation, you know, from the top, the top guys, you know. Yeah, I've uh, I've actually got John Pomeroy coming on. He was supposed to come on tomorrow. My friend, he's my friend, John Pomeroy. Yeah, I, I'm so excited because one of my favorite movie, and for the longest time, I did not know this was a Disney. It wasn't a Disney movie. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Right? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it, it's so beautiful. And uh, sad story here for just a second. I actually just had to put my old. My, I have a. Thir- I had a 13 year old pit mix. He was a rescue mm-hmm. dog that we got. I actually had to put him down two weeks ago, and uh, when when I did that, I was very, I'm, I'm still, it, it's very, it's still very hard coming in. Cause I have, I, I used to have four dogs and now I only have three. Um, but, uh, getting, coming home, right. That, that first day after, I guess I'm trying not to cry, but, uh, coming home and, uh, you know, trying to, I forgot that he wasn't there anymore. Right. So I'm calling, I'm calling him in. And uh, I go, Louie, come on, come on inside, buddy. Cause he was always the last one in cause he was, he was old, right? He was, he was hurt. He ended up having pancre- uh, pancreatic cancer. Oh. Um, so I, I'm waiting, I'm holding the door. And then my wife comes up behind me and she puts, puts her hand on my shoulder. And then she's like, he's not here. And I'm like, Oh fuck. And it's, yeah. it's like, it, it's been two weeks now and it's, uh, it's still, you know, it's not it's like, it really is, man. And, you know, back in, back in February, at the end of February, we lost my, my wife's father. Uh, he died, he died from COVID, unfortunately. Um, you know, so it's been like a real string of just like shit, right. You know, and just seeing all of this stuff come and then I can get, uh, I get a little happiness from watching a movie, like all dogs go to heaven and getting to see that. And just like, uh, it's as stupid as it sounds. It's like, I know he's in a better place because, I saw he was in a better place because I got to see it in a movie that I saw when I was a little kid. I'm looking forward to being able to talk to John here. We were supposed to do it tomorrow, but we forgot it was, I forgot it was mother's day. And I was like, Oh shit. And then he messes me. He's like, Hey, it's mother's day. I don't want to, I don't want to get in any trouble. I was like, yeah, no problem, man. We'll push it out later in the May. So we're talking to him uh, in a couple of weeks, man. And like I said, I'm really looking forward to that one. You know, John, well, John, when I, when I started my career, John was my hero. I mean, he's still my hero. He still is, but but today he's like a friend. I, I know him so so well. But he was my, he was like the one that looked when I, when I watched the animation and, uh, that he did. I was yeah. like, I want to do that. That's the level, you know. He's, he was my hero. Like, that's that's really cool. They always say don't meet your heroes, but I've never met a hero that no, he's great. Me wrong, yeah. So it's it's cool to see that you're getting to meet a hero, and he is everything that you think he is, and then some, right? So it's yeah. always beautiful yeah. to see that. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, we're going to rotate in the fans questions. And then uh, this, this one's always interesting because it's like picking your favorite kid. Right. Uh, but uh, one of the, one of the people that wrote in wanted to know what's been your favorite character that you've ever animated. So from across your entire, entire career, you got one or two that stick out the most to you. Yeah. Like, like I said, it's so difficult to pick one, but if I, if I have to, let's say I have to do it. For, for now for this show yeah. uh the, the the i like the old guy in emperor's new groove that yeah <laughs> open. don't throw me out the window you know i, I love him yeah, i love for me i had so much fun yeah working on animating him yeah 
That's cool, man. Uh, like I said, his groove, his groove, yeah. how he lives his life, his rhythm, how he lives his life. Yeah, so that's, yeah I love doing that scene. <laughs> when I was doing the act, I was trying to listen, I was listening to the dialogue and I was, I was doing all these gestures. His groove, you know, I was doing this. <laughs> one, more, one more time. What does he sound like, Sandro? Because you could do it. How does he sound? His groove. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. That that's that's so fun. One day, one day I'll be like him. I'll be an old man. <laughs> don't throw me. Don't throw off my groove. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so we we actually talked your first Disney movie you ever remember seeing. Um, if you had the keys to the kingdom, meaning you can pick yourself and put yourself in any. And this one's come up a few different times. So we're going to do the two movies. Okay. So if you could go back in time, right. And you can work on any of the classic, maybe the first 20 years of Disney movies. Is there one or two that stick out that you would absolutely love to work on if you could? Yeah. Pinocchio. Pinocchio. That water. Me, it, so beautiful. No, for me, it's like, um, um, perfection. Yes. It, it's, 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 it's sometimes I, I watch the movie and I see the drawings on the, in books. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Disney, I remember I don't know today, but when I was there at the time, they had the uh, animation research library. Mm -hmm. You could go there and uh, see original drawings from the time. You could ask for, can I see a, a scene of uh, Pinocchio, the original? They would pull a, scene, a whole box with the, all the drawings. And I, I remember what, uh, looking at these drawings from Pinocchio and, and I was like, How, you know, it's a lot of work here. It's not, it doesn't, it's not something you can do, do in a week or yeah. two weeks. It, it's, it takes time to do all these effects of water and, and every, every, if you watch, if, if you flip the animations on paper, if you flip and you see all the water moving perfectly, but every little, this, you, you would color every little part of it. It's mm -hmm. like, for me, it's all, uh, it's art. It's totally art. It's not something they just did for, uh, for the movie. It's, it was an artistic piece, you know? Yes. It's something that we don't see much anymore. And so for me, it's perfection. And I'm um, always, when I watch the movie, it's always, how can he, how, how they could do that at that time, you know? Yeah. You know, only a few years from, if you think about it, only a few years from uh, Steamboat Willie, you know, yes. the, 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 the very stiff animation that they did, only a few years to get to Pinocchio, it's so fast, you know. So for me, Pinocchio, yeah, that, I would say Pinocchio. Now, if you had a more modern day, so let's, let's treat the early years as okay. that, and we'll do anything after Walt's passing. So Walt passed right sure. after, right before Jungle Book came out, sadly. So is there any franchise or any Disney movie that came out from right after Jungle Book? We can include Jungle Book all the way up to what was the most recent one? Was it Encanto? So yeah. So from Jungle Book to Encanto, is there one movie in that in that block that you yeah. would have loved to animate on? I, I don't know why, but I love the rescuer, rescuers. Yes. Uh, I love that movie. It's, it's, it's a simple movie, and just, but I think it's a great story in the characters. Uh, yeah, the rescue, rescuers. I, I, I was going to say Robin Hood, but which is mm -hmm. fun too. But I think the rescuers has something that I, I love it. There's something yeah. about the movie that I loved it. 
we just watched Robin. It was I, I thought I thought we've watched the entire set of movies for the Disney movies with my oldest son. Uh, but we put on Robin Hood. He's like, I don't think I've seen this one. And I looked at him like, really? Uh, this one? I was like, I could have swore we've watched this one a couple times at this point. He's like, no. He's like, I don't remember any of this. I'm like, well, you're in for a treat because I really, I really enjoyed Robin Hood. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yes, it really is. Um, so we had a couple more here. Uh, is there one or two uh, heroes and one or two villains that you would have loved to animate? Oh, like your, your favorite one, Captain Hook is... Oh. I love dress it. so nice. Great. Snazzy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, would have been very difficult. I don't know if it, anybody can do it or could do it. Uh, Shark Khan. Yeah. Oh, man. Shark Khan is my, it's like per, another perfection. Uh, the Mill Call, again, is my favorite animator ever. Mm -hmm. uh, he did that. And the design in animation is just, for me, it's perfect. It's like underplayed, you know. Yeah. In the way he moves is very with the voice that the, the, the British actor, it just fits so well the way Milko animated um, and the design, the jaw, you know, it's everything, the way he moves, you know, his head, it's, it's perfection. That that's the one, uh, Captain Hook and Sharkon. Now, what about the heroes? Heroes Who like to animate. Um, I don't know. Heroes so difficult to think of. Um, Maybe Tarzan, I'd love to have done Tarzan because of the way the anatomy of the character is very stylized, you know, in a way, the way the Glenkin did the, the anatomy of the character, you know, and the way he moves, the way he jumps and moves. I'd love, I'd love to have done, done him um, because on Tarzan, I only helped doing the gorillas walking. I didn't do much because we're waiting for Emperor's New Groove to for the story to uh, to be done um, yeah. so it didn't have any works they put everybody to help the other project so I just did gorillas but I would love to have done uh, Tarzan uh, oh Robin Hood okay he's a hero yeah. that have been cool and it's funny you bring up gorillas uh, so during COVID I work in the industry restaurant industry so we all got sent home uh, mm -hmm. so I had all of this like artistic stuff that I had up here and it felt like my head was going to explode. I needed to get it out, right? I needed to cook, man, because it's what I've wanted to do since I was 12. And what I love doing is I love showing people how to cook. I love cooking in front of people. I love, right. it sounds weird, but I love feeding people, right? So I'd take a spoon and I would just like, try this, right? I, I <laughs> love that aspect. Like whenever I have friends over, uh, yeah. I always tell them, hey, dinner's at like five o'clock or dinner's at six o'clock. And I don't start cooking until five o'clock or six o'clock, whatever time it is. So I can have, it's, it's like a, um, it's like me acting or it's, it's like an actor on stage and Broadway. And okay. shit. That's the way yeah. I treat like it's, it's very fun. Like I said, Emerald Lagasse, man, I'm, I'm, I'm idolizing, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm copying my hero. So I love doing this stuff. And uh, so when I got, when I got sent home, I was like, I'm going to do something on Facebook. I'm going to show everybody everything I've learned since the age of 12. So for the last 20 years, anything that I've learned from screwing up, from knocking it out of the park, from reading books to all these teachers, and I named it the vanilla because I'm white and I'm, I'm, I'm super white, but vanilla gorilla kitchen because gorillas are my favorite animal. So I'm glad you brought up gorillas, right? So uh, I haven't gotten to do too much with it because having a 10 month old and then working as much as I work and then doing this, I haven't really had a chance to get on there and do any Facebook lives for him, but I'm starting right. to do that again here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. So it, it, it's a lot. Of, yeah. It's a lot of fun. All right. Uh, where are we at? Uh, shit. I 
can't read my handwriting. Oh, here we are. Uh, last one. Looking back on your career now, right, with all of the all of the characters you've created, all of the shows you've worked on, the movies you worked on, if you had to sum up your career in like a sentence, what would it say? Or what would you feel about your career? I guess is a better way of putting okay. it a little bit easier. Yeah, I would say that uh, I could say that um, I've been doing what I love. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing what I love. That's really cool, man. Yeah, because I, I love animation, I love drawing, and I, I never worked on anything else uh, besides animation. That's my yeah, animation drawing. Animation was my first job, and yeah, I've been doing what I love. That's really cool. There's so many folks out there that are in jobs right now that they absolutely can't stand. They're just, it's a yeah. paid platform, right? So it must, be, it must be very difficult. It really is, man. But getting to hear stories like yours, getting to see you come from a country like Brazil, you, you are inspired by art and animation and cartoons and you getting to chase that dream, come to yeah. where Disney was made where all of these dreams are made for kids and adults on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, getting to see you chase your dream, live your dream, love that you're doing your dream on a day-to-day -day basis. That is something special about that. Cause like I said, so many people just do what yeah. they got to do to survive. And they, it, it's nice to see that people can still chase that dream. They can still work for something and they mm -hmm. can still earn a living on what they really want to do, their real passion, man. So, yeah, yeah. Sandro, it's been really fun getting to chat with you, man. I, I, well, I never know what to expect with these things, and I really appreciate you spending some time with me today. I love it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me and for, for the invitation. I loved it. Oh, no problem, man. Well, there's no you better great. way. You're great doing this. What's that? <laughs> You're very good in doing this. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. man. There's one thing I do want to get better at. And I would love, and there's so many people on that I've had on that uh, speak different languages. I would absolutely love to be able to do an interview with you in Portuguese, but me mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to do that in such a little bit of time, like I would it's be hard. able to be, yeah, yeah, man. Like your language is so beautiful. Portuguese is so beautiful. Um, but there's no better way to end this podcast than he's been Sandro. I've been Julian. This has been the What's in My Head podcast, and this has been another piece of your childhood. Good night. Next week's guest is John Sanford. Enjoy the sneak peek. We reluctantly added the cricket back in because Joe Grant, God bless him, um, who was the character designer, story man, and director of Dumbo for crying out loud yeah. was at the studio at the time in his in his, in his 80s but he was a huge I think you're missing the bed without this cricket would, he kept pushing the cricket on us and we were like no we don't cricket. we got enough to worry about with Mushu and so they forced us to put the cricket in so the way we found to use the cricket was um and I'm not answering your question at all but I found oh, no, I you're perfectly fine. Most, it's a yeah. funny thing um, we're like, okay, we'll put the cricket in. What's great about the cricket is he's little, he's cute, and he's earnest, mm -hmm. and he doesn't talk. Um, Mushu can talk to him. Mushu can sound out his ideas with this old guy, so it's some place for exposition to go to. Um, but also because the because the cricket's so cute, and he's it allows Mushu to be even worse because Mushu was a 
new kind of sidekick for us in that he had an agenda that wasn't exactly on the up and up. He was trying to, he was using Mulan to get what he wanted yeah. and he was lying the entire time. So he wasn't, a, he was not a nice, traditional nice character. He's a con man, mm -hmm. he's a pony. And the fact that like, he's got this little dude that's like supporting everything he does kind of helps him it kind of it's the sugar that helps the you know, medicine go down so to speak so that's why we like that's that was how that little pairing came up with came out is we, we were you know and of course it was like they're like well what is it and it's like it's our two and c3 that's the pairing it's like this one doesn't this one talks and chirps this one this one hears english and interprets it for the audience all sorts of fun stuff to be had there so but it wasn't i don't believe it was roy disney